You're listening to The Blank Page Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Patterson, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. This is a space where I get to talk to creatives, entrepreneurs, and storytellers about what it means to be on a creative path, how to deal with the high highs and the low lows, and how to stay well along the way. As a creative myself, I am no stranger to riding the roller coaster, discreetly crying on the subway slash not so discreetly crying in my car, getting in my head, focusing on results, and just not having a good time. So my hope for this show is to create a community where we can all come together, lift each other up, remind each other to have fun, and feel fortified in returning to that proverbial blank page again and again. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy today's episode. Happy Monday, friends. I hope your week is starting off great. I hope your January has started off great. I mean, it's over. So what the heck? It's flying by. Anyways, I am about to make your January better with this interview with the lovely Mary Elizabeth Winstead. We met on the set of Brain Dead four years ago, which is insane, and had the best time together. And um, we've remained in touch, and she's continued to be just a true blue gal pal. And she was so integral in our move out to LA. She was always like, you should come to LA. I think you'd do great out here. And she um, allowed me to stay in her home one year during a pilot season for like three weeks. And that was so generous and kind and really showed me what it would be like to live in Los Angeles. So that was so expansive for me. And Mary continues to be one of my most expansive and lovely friends. I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with her. I do want to say just one little thing, which is that I totally butchered the name of a book that I recommended to her that I'm currently reading called Such a Fun Age, Not the Most Fun Age by Kylie Reed. So apologies for messing that one up. But you know, I'm a human woman and I sometimes make mistakes when I'm recording (laughs) live interviews. Anyway, without further ado, here is Mary. Okay, I'm sitting here with my friend Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, hi. Angel, woman. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I love starting these interviews with compliments. I know you're always so lovely to everybody. I mean, everyone is so lovely. I'm here to receive your loveliness. (laughs) Mary is honestly one of the most down-to-earth women I've ever met, mm. and she was the first first female number one I ever worked with on a show, and definitely you showed me um, how kind and magnanimous and like down-to-earth a number one can be, and oh, how that affects nice. like the entire set, and... Um, and you're so fun. Well, thanks. So are you. I had so much fun Me when too. we worked together. And um, you're very sweet and lovely and so generous and great at keeping in touch. Well, I mean, I, I it was I, likewise on all of those points. I remember when you were first on set and just feeling this like relief of like, oh, my God, she's so fun <laughs> and funny. And I, I get her and she gets me. And it's just such a relief when it you're so on fun. set for every day, you know, long hours to 
have somebody like yeah. there that you can like crack a joke that with. That cast chair time when you can yeah. just like talk about Broad City. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so nice. so nice. So I was just like, I remember just being so excited <laughs> when I met you and started talking to you. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, I was so excited too. I was like, <laughs> thank God. Because I feel yeah. like before that I had done things where it was like, you know, lots of dudes, of course, but yeah. then like people just being so serious also like yeah not everyone sits in cast chairs I know and and sometimes when they do they're just on their phones the whole time yeah. where they don't really make eye contact and you're just like okay yeah hi. or they have like assistants around yeah yeah so you don't even feel like you have access to that human being right yeah there's like a weird kind of bubble yeah. around them or something I know yeah. that I, I definitely have I've had that experience a lot so no it's just it's just nice so you can and you don't have to become like best friends with no. everybody of course but you want to have nice. boundaries you got to do yeah. your job and I yeah. think you know every job is different and I do think that that was like a script and a situation that lent itself to being like everyone was quite social I thought yeah it was fun yeah. the, it was a fun script so yeah. you didn't have to be if like, you're doing a lot of heavy lifting like yeah yeah, yeah. if it's a really serious role and a yeah. serious script then I tend to be a bit more in my shell of but course. it was kind of a nice opportunity because it was a silly crazy concept right. and and really comedic in tone right. it was sort of like it would be a shame to just be serious offset yeah. when we're doing such silly things on screen like exactly. you know so it was it was really fun it was so good well you are also someone who I think of everyone I know personally I feel like you've been doing this the longest it's been a long haul yeah and so yeah. it's so inspiring to see just how you've grown and um I'm sure you've had so many different iterations of, of what success looks like for you and all this stuff. So I'm so excited to talk to you about your creativity, like on the whole. Let's do it. So talk to me about Tiny Mary. What are some okay. of your earliest memories of being creative? Yeah. And you did start professionally as a child. I did. Is it is that always what you knew you wanted to do? or I was always really creative. Um, I mean, it's hard to imagine myself having ever wanted to do anything else I think I think as, as soon as I was old enough to have a desire to want to do something I knew I wanted to be a performer mm -hmm. I just it took me a little longer to figure out what that meant and what all the different roles were within that yeah um but I always was watching movies from the age of like two I was the youngest of five so movies that were helps. often like the babysitter you know <laughs> yeah. um we watched movies around the clock yeah I rewatched movies over and over and over again not necessarily always like the most highbrow things mm -hmm. you know like I'm not one of those actors who can be like I saw Citizen Kane and that's when I knew Margaret. yeah yeah <laughs> like, no I was no. like I was watching Tom Hanks big <laughs> yeah. and I was like that looks fun you Favorite. know yeah but it was a lot of those kinds kinds of movies not a lot of kids like like real kids movies yeah. but a lot of like 80s just like pure fun mm -hmm. like movies that I, I just wanted to watch over and over and over again and just be a part of that world yeah and I can remember being like seven or so and having the realization that kids could be in movies that it was like a job that you could well I didn't really I didn't realize you, you could be paid to do it but I remember watching three men and a little lady oh yeah and at the time I had like long hair and bangs and the girl in the movie had the same hairstyle mm -hmm. and she was the same age. And I was just like, what? Yeah. This isn't fair. Like I just had that realization that you could do it. You could be a kid and you could be in a movie. Right. And that's when I went to my parents and I was like, okay, I'm on to this. Like, mm -hmm. I know the deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I can do this because I had already been like dancing and singing and since I was right. about four. So I was already like just a performer. I just, mm -hmm. that's all I wanted to do. And uh, so for a few years they were like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. Um, 
but my mom was always great with encouraging That's the so performing nice. arts and so I was always doing something yeah and then I think I got an agent was that Shakespeare just like jumping they're both what are you doing? FYI people listening the cats are very activated they're so activated the second Mary walked in they were like hi they're so to, sweet I'm here to show off they're like puppies <laughs> they are I mean I just I love cats but I'm allergic to them so I don't oh. I haven't spent a lot of time around them but these cats I've never seen such cuddly <laughs> needy lovely very needy they're so needy sweet right. I love it oh. um but yeah so I I, I think okay. around I eventually got like a local agent where I was living in Salt Lake City mm-hmm. when I was about 12 was um, that like for commercial or for all kinds of stuff? That was kind of for everything, um, but I was it, it was Salt Lake City, so it was sort of whatever you could what was what was available to me, which was mostly like episodic TV because mm-hmm. there was one of those. I guess it was like a tax break mm. city for a little while. Um, so while things you were there? Would, while I was there, That's so amazing. things were coming there. There was a couple TV shows that shot there year round, mm-hmm. and so you could kind of get like the walk on part as the kid who you know says a few lines, and so I did as much as I could do I kind of did like a walk-on part on everything that shot there that's awesome which was great yeah um and I was like hooked from that point what was auditioning like as a kid you know it was it like, was did funny. you were you just like too ignorant to be yeah like, freaked out? I was too ignorant to be freaked out I remember my first audition was for this guest starring role on Touched by an Angel. Oh, so good. And I was supposed to be like a bratty kid. It was, it was like about this gymnast, this like young girl gymnast. And I was going to be like this other girl on her team who was like really bratty and yeah. competitive. And um, I wasn't good. Like I couldn't play that. I, yeah. I guess I wasn't good enough You're to like play a different earnest. character. So yeah. I was really sweet. Like I played it really sweetly. And they were so lovely. They gave me the part anyway. Oh my God. And they just changed it. Like, yeah to make her a bit nicer so I just had such a great experience from the outset like I was very lucky in that way that my first audition they were like you're really sweet but you know what like let's just make the character that way and um the set was so lovely and I had just it was just one of those things where there was no turning back Mm. once I was on a set and actually saw the way that it worked and amazing when it's good there's nothing better I know and when people are kind and when everything sort of the machine is well oiled and everything's working and there's no like egos or there's no nothing scary Mm -hmm. it was like a total dream I mean I had like five lines you know I mean but it was like everything for me so um so at that point I was kind of like I couldn't imagine doing anything else Mm -hmm. and that was when I also realized you could get paid and I was like I couldn't what I couldn't believe it how is this life I could not I was so shocked I remember getting like my mom called me when I was at school and she was like because I don't think she realized yeah (laughs) she was like Mary we're gonna pay you this much amount of money for you to do this it's going (laughs) to go into a college fund she was like in shock we were all just like what yeah (laughs) it was like the most uh, I was like jaw dropping you know at that point it was like sag minimum whatever but it was like wow it was it blew my mind yeah completely that's amazing yeah and And, then then you just kept going I just kept going I just kept at it and yeah got really lucky and sort of nose to the grindstone for forever yeah (laughs) well yeah that's what I'm so curious to talk to you in particular about is like you know it is it is a grind it's totally how do you feel like um throughout the length of your career from you know being a kid to now how has your perspective about um what's important to you as an actor changed like have there been times where you felt like 
you were just doing it out of ego or you wanted mm-hmm. this or um, has your creativity always kind of been a solid guide or have you ever yeah. had like ruts? I think I've always been, I'd say first and foremost, guided by my creative needs or mm-hmm. my creative desires. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to say that I haven't also had ego desires along with that um, that usually were in conflict with with one another Mm. which I think and I was just talking to somebody about this the other day and just sort of kind of realized how stuck I was in that for a really long time Mm. of like wanting to be this like to like independent films and to be the serious artist and to be like the kind I wanted to be like seen as this type of artist that doesn't care about any of the other stuff and right. I wanted to be that control the narrative yeah, yeah but I also wanted to like win an Oscar right you know I had these like competing desires right that was sort of like okay well if you want to win an Oscar you've got to like do the commercial thing right. and and then do a really great movie and, right. then, and you've got to be sort of calculated about it but I was like I refused to be calculated about yeah. it and I was like I'm only going to do things that inspire my creativity yeah but then secretly was like jealous that I didn't have it. Right. you know what it was so it was right. like this this these competing desires that right. don't actually go together and yeah. if you're stuck in that then you kind of you're never satisfied no you know there's... and you're gonna keep getting more of the things that you kind of like don't want yeah yeah exactly <laughs> they're just gonna, gonna keep yeah. coming to you yeah totally so I think now I don't know I've definitely gotten to the point where I'm I'm happy to do whatever comes to me that feels right mm. and it does and I don't have this concern about the perception of it whether it's a little movie or a big movie or a good movie or a bad movie in right. people's eyes it doesn't really right. matter to me anymore um whereas like I felt like I had this kind of thing where I was like it doesn't matter but it really did yeah <laughs> you know? yeah um so now I think it just it's probably just come with maturity and and time yeah but I feel like I'm now at the point where it actually doesn't matter yeah. to me and I um I feel like that's really freed me up in a lot that's of ways so for more nice. more good things to come to me with yeah. less less effort because I'm not stuck trying to go for things that um don't make sense mm-hmm. with one another mm-hmm. like just sort of more, much more free flowing kind of um point of view on it that's so nice feels good yeah I feel like lately you've been doing so much like heavy physical stuff yes a lot yeah does that I wonder like I haven't done anything like that like how does that open up your creative like your creative channel being so physical and so yeah. that that's such a part of the character prep yeah I love it is like dealing with yeah. your body I, th- I don't know if it's because I grew up dancing or yeah because that is sort of even though I was a kid it was kind of my way into acting mm-hmm. was through I my first sort of view into performing and creating characters was through ballet so mm-hmm. I created characters through my body and through expressing without words and yeah so I think there's something about that that still really appeals to me a lot like mm-hmm. I love bringing a certain physicality to a character and then getting to extend that into really physical scenes you know yeah. whether it's fight scenes or or whatever just really using my body to convey what's going on mm-hmm. so I love it. I feel, I love like at the end of the day, going home and being exhausted. Yeah. Like I just, I've always really loved that, that feeling. Yeah. Um, so when you feel like you're like creatively exhausted and mentally and, and physically and all of that's been sort of like drained, it yeah. just feels like a really, I don't know, um, purposeful day or, mm-hmm. or something. So I love, I love that feeling. And I, I definitely feel like I've sort of caught 
the bug now. I've always really liked it, but now I'm a little bit like I'm itching to yeah. do more. I'm yeah. Like, oh, I want to like go punch something. Yeah. <laughs> Not really, you know. Totally. And as a character, but still, course, it's a yeah. great, it's a great like outlet for whatever that energy is. That's amazing. It's been fun. How do you deal with, I mean, you have been doing this for years. How do you deal with the highs and the lows of all of this? So, you know, disappointments or getting frustrated. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have any specific stories you want to tell or just how you've learned to to handle that in yeah. a healthy way. I guess, I mean, I've definitely ha- handled things differently as the years have gone yeah. on, as, as everybody would at different phases of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think now I've reached a point, and I can recognize that it's, it's a... It, there's a certain amount of privilege that comes with this point of view of being able to be like, whatever happens, happens right. because I have gotten to a certain place where I have a certain stability and totally. I've done well financially. And so I've, I've come to a place now where I can recognize that whatever I'm struggling with is like getting to the end of that struggle is the reward, mm-hmm. you know, like if it's that I can't find a good job or the job itself is really difficult or it doesn't do well or people say things about it or whatever, like learning how to deal with that in a way that makes me grow in some positive way mm-hmm. is actually the re- it's It's my life's reward, yes. you know? So I, I feel excited about struggle in that sense. Like I feel excited about whatever is going to come That's or amazing. whatever is going to be difficult or whatever I'm going to have to, what mountain I'm going to have to climb yeah to sort of get to the top to see to have a bit more perspective on yeah. it all um it feels now to me like a real um exciting opportunity to get to struggle through something mm-hmm. whereas when I was younger it was more scary you mm-hmm. know to think oh god what if this doesn't work or what if this is hard or what if I can't do it and now um it feels more like okay what if it's hard and I have to figure out I have to figure it out yeah um that's really that's that's exciting because you just know I think now I've been through enough to know that means I'm going to be a better person at the end of it which yes. is like a huge which is that which is everything that's which all is, that matters yeah and it's so important because I feel like you know people could look at you where you are and be like that's where I want to be and that's where I won't have problems and it's like it's never going to go away so yeah. we all have to figure out there's always going to be something that's bothersome. There's mm-hmm. always going to be some kind of struggle. Yeah. No matter where you're at. Of course. You win an Academy Award, now what? You're freaking yeah. out, you know? Like, there's always yeah. something. So that's such a beautiful, helpful perspective for all of us to keep in mind that, like, yeah, getting to the other side of the struggle is the gift, is the reward. Yeah. And, like, we should all be so lucky to continue to have these struggles. That yeah. means we're alive and on a journey. Like, totally. And getting to the other side of the struggle isn't necessarily, like, getting the thing that you think you want. Yeah, it's not a shiny carrot. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's realizing that you've learned something from yeah. the struggle, whatever the sort of, however it ended up. You yeah. learned something and you got something out of it. And that's, like, like being able to appreciate like being able to appreciate a loss or a failure, I think is like when you feel like, whoa, I've grown, I've yeah. matured. Like I can actually say this affected me in a positive way, even though it was from the outside. And don't you feel like looking thing. back on all of your stuff that even the things that you were kind of dreading or terrified, like, does it feel like everything was for a specific purpose and like oh, totally absolutely. for a reason? And you wouldn't yeah. have any the good stuff if you, you know? No, I mean, I wouldn't, there's nothing, I haven't, that I regret or that I would change yeah. or because everything has had its reason and its piece of the puzzle of my life and of mm-hmm. who I am. And I'm, you know, I'm happy with 
who I am. So, yeah. so that's ultimately the whole point of it all is yeah. just to try and be the person that you want to be and to keep trying to, to struggle to be a better version of that, whatever, mm-hmm. however that, that is. And along the way, of course, it's like, you've got to make a living and you've yeah. got to figure all these things out. And, and obviously that's, that's not easy and, and it's stressful at times, but if you're doing that and you're keeping yourself afloat, then everything else is sort of like a cherry on top of, mm-hmm. of, figuring out who you're going to be and yeah. and what um, you're going to take with you like in the next steps of your life mm-hmm. so it's I don't know I think it's all looking at it from that perspective it's it's all really exciting yeah what do you consume to keep yourself well and inspired in terms of um, you know could be anything could be foods could be mm. books podcasts tv yeah. shows like what is what are some of your favorite things to take in that keep you feeling yeah alive and juicy um, i think all of the above um we were talking about you know podcasts mm-hmm. books um i really try to get time to read i think that that makes a really big difference whether it's like a fiction book or it really does um like i was saying i was just working in thailand for four months and so i took that as an opportunity to like read more about buddhism which i've always been interested in mm-hmm. but it never really looked deeply at and i would never call myself a buddhist because you know i think that's like a real commitment and, yeah. and like too much respect for actual yes. buddhists yes. to call myself that but i find it really interesting and i find the philosophy really helpful it's so helpful yeah I have a friend who is a meditation teacher and he is getting more and more into Buddhism and like anything he says I'm just like wow that's a really helpful way of looking yeah, at things totally. especially like in western culture I do think it's it's such a helpful yeah addition yeah to everything that we've got going for I know us. Like, like like I read um this books I don't know I'm gonna pronounce it wrong but Siddhartha Siddhartha mm-hmm. yeah and and that like getting to the end of that book and being like whoa yeah 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 man and it's <laughs> totally. probably like cliche for for people who are like super well versed in in that you know world but but that was like it was really eye-opening to me to be like oh yeah no the enlightenment is is in the gratitude for all of the bad things yeah it's like that's when you become this sort of all-knowing being yeah. is when you can just be, is when you can just be grateful for everything yeah. that happens regardless of of you know how hard it is mm-hmm. and and be happy that it's made you who you are yeah which is like such an amazing perspective to have and also like I feel like for me because I am like you know I grew up like white middle class mm-hmm. girl like you know I wasn't wealthy or anything but I never wanted for anything like yeah. if I didn't struggle I don't think I would be a very interesting person no. <laughs> you know what I mean like or a very empathetic or person. very empathetic I think about or, that all the yeah. time because I similar very similar background and it's like oh yeah yeah the struggling like I, is good it's good I better be grateful yeah. for it <laughs> yeah. you know like if without it like what would I have to say yeah what would I have to bring to my art what exactly. would I have so so I think that like I, I that's where I want to put my energy is in reading things like that mm-hmm. and learning learning more about that and and taking more of that perspective in because that's what I know is going to help me be happier yeah. and lighter and and more grateful and it's like why wouldn't you want to be more of that so 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 I like to I like to read 
stuff that's sort of along those lines or even just like you know those things that you might pick up at like the airport that might seem like a cheesy little book about yeah. like oh buddhist thoughts for the day <laughs> yeah. but i don't know i picked them up at the yeah. airport because it's it's like it's a nice thing to to do and it, mm-hmm. it does like it does matter what you're putting into your oh, brain yeah. like even if it's like in passing and and if you're doing that i think it makes it makes a difference somewhere yeah. somewhere in your being so for sure i like that yeah what do you feel like um, is the biggest hindrance to your creativity? Biggest hindrance? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say sometimes I'm I'm not the most ambitious person, hmm. um, so I can get I don't know if lazy is the right word, but I can get like complacent. I, I can get complacent. I can get I can I can get a little bit like. Oh, I'm over this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just, maybe I just don't want to work. Maybe I just don't want to do anything. Yeah. Maybe I just don't. Um, and and then that I can get into a little bit of a rut mm. that way mm-hmm. when I get a little bit like, um, like I can lose ins- inspiration if mm-hmm. I'm burnt out that mm-hmm. way, and I can feel like, what's the point? Or like, there's nothing out there that's right for me. Yeah. Or there's nothing out there that's gonna like, like I feel like oh, I've already like tapped myself out. Like I've Have done everything I could do. Have you learn to rest? Because I yes. feel like having gone you've been going since yeah. you were a kid. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've had periods of time where it was hard to book, but it seems like for the most part, it's been fairly consistent work. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like when you get in that flow and that's all you've known, you're inevitably going to get burnt out. Totally. So how yeah. have you learned to rest and take time? And what does that look like for you? Is it different yeah. at every point in your life and with every yeah. project? I think I'm trying to learn that now because I've always been like, I'd say... I guess pretty good with the downtime like in terms of you know when I would have time off between projects but I I mean I even said it just now like I would always look at it as being like oh this is my I'm being lazy like I like right. I like I put a negative um phrase on That's it something like I really had yeah to and I think I'm, years, I'm just art requires downtime yeah and peace yeah and it's not a bad in our society thing. we're like fuck I'm so lazy mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah you, you feel damn. bad about it yeah yeah, no, I would always do that. So I would I would work really hard and then I would take time off. You know, in the past I would be like also auditioning and trying to get another job. Mm-hmm. And so it would always be like on days when I didn't have auditions, if I was just kind of like lazing around, then I would just be like, oh gosh, I'm gross. Yeah, I'm garbage. Yeah. Garbage. I'm not doing anything with my life. Mm-hmm. But then I would also, it was those conflicting things again, because I'd also be like, yeah, but this is how what I like. Like, I don't care about anything. Like, <laughs> whatever. I just don't care if I get a job. I just, so it was always those like opposing things things yes. going on at the same at the same time mm-hmm. and I feel like now I'm I'm trying to be more like 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 um making the choice to take a rest mm-hmm. and to like actually benefit from it yeah and because then you're not fighting against it it's mm-hmm. when we're fighting against yeah. it that it's like it's not even rest no exactly. it actually does become like lethargic weirdness yes. but when you're like no this is I'm actively taking this time to do nothing yes so that when I continue I'm like yeah my reserves are full exactly to kind of build yourself back up but you're right when you're in between is the worst yeah because then you're not even enjoying it no no (laughs) you're like resenting yourself for resting yeah and your like self-esteem isn't great because you see yourself as this like lazy person I should be working out yeah I should be doing like yeah Yeah. but um so yeah so I think I'm kind of entering a new phase of that of trying to look at it more positively and just Mm -hmm. thinking like oh wow I'm actually gonna get some time to read more and meditate and go to yoga and just kind of learn more about myself yeah. and reflect on the past 
couple of years and have to have some time to do that feels really like exciting to yeah. me um, as opposed to the scary like oh my god what if I don't okay I've got to like okay I can take this much time off but then I'm gonna have if to find I freeze it. I'm I'm dead in the water yeah like that like, like I'm gonna be shunned counting the days of, yeah. of how long you can you can go without a job and, yeah um trying not to think of it that way and think of it as like no I need to take a rest mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then if a job comes I'll up that I, yeah that I can't turn down then of course I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna do it but um but if not, then I'm just going to like actually enjoy mm-hmm. this time. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm excited. I'm going, I have like some press to do and then I'm going into some time, some downtime. So. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to talk about your projects at all that are coming sure. out? Yeah. Why not? Let's do some yeah. promo. <laughs> I know you're going to go do a whole tour of it. So we don't have to talk about it for long. No. Yeah. I have, um, Birds of Prey, which is coming out in February. Yeah. Which, it's a fun kind of girl power movie, which is great. Yeah. And then the movie I was doing in Thailand is called Kate for Netflix. And that's like another just sort of action, action packed. It's all the same, like John Wick producers yeah, and yeah, yeah. stunt team. And so it was really, it was really fun to get, to get down and dirty. And that's awesome. It was great. Yeah. And you were abroad for so long. Long time. Yeah. It was like four months. Um, and it was working every day all night shoots the whole thing was night Dang. shoots so that was another how are your circadian rhythms doing not good <laughs> like Did you get i sick? never yes everybody got sick they made t-shirts at the end instead of netflix it said net sick because it was like every i think there was like 72 hospitalizations on our crew like it was I, I got released like they shut from down like gut stuff or like I think it was a mix like flu, like... there was a flu that went around that was like nasty I oh. got it I couldn't like they wouldn't let me work because um, it was so bad and it went around and I think for a lot of people who, who did work through it they got pneumonia so it was just like people were just dropping like That's flies. Like, I know a few projects recently have been in the Dominican Republic and like yeah. everyone got so sick. Yeah, I like, guess it's just... Like sunburned and like violently ill. You're and, in like, a place flus. you're not used to and so that you're not used to whatever those viruses are. Yeah, yeah so but it was everyone pretty... Everyone who thinks that Hollywood is just <laughs> like lazy little... <laughs> yeah. No. It was, pretty, it was pretty intense and it was also like so humid and so hot like I've never experienced anything like before and just all action scenes at night so it was it was another like there were a lot of lessons that came out of it like (laughs) like of how to work through things yeah which was great like I was really thankful for the opportunity because it was all great people and the project was great so again it was sort of like if it wasn't for all of these obstacles it would have been too easy like it just wouldn't have felt like like rewarding in the yeah. end it just would have been like eh, this yeah. was like an easy so it was kind of great it was physically so challenging and then we had all these logistical just shooting in Bangkok and crazy and nights but yeah I got like four hours of sleep a night pretty much the whole time well a day because I was sleeping in the day which yeah which for me was a big thing to have to like let go of because I've always been like a I gotta get this much sleep yeah, yeah. and I've gotta get up this early mm-hmm. before I go to work mm-hmm. and I've gotta be rested and I've yeah. gotta drink water like yeah. I'm, I'm like super disciplined with, yeah. with all that stuff so to be laying in bed knowing I have to go to work and not sleeping yeah at, for in, in the first few weeks was like so hard yeah. <laughs> it was so hard yeah. and I was so determined not to get hooked on sleeping pills mm-hmm. that I didn't want to take anything mm-hmm. So, um, and it was also hard to get, like, I couldn't get melatonin. Yeah. I couldn't get, like, the things that... Yeah, that's the other thing. You don't have, like, access yeah. 
to the, your standard stuff. Like I eventually did, but by like the last week of shooting, God. I had like everything I needed. But but it was just great because I was fine. Like I realized I was fine on yeah. four hours of sleep, and everything was okay. Yeah. And once I just kind of accepted surrender, it, then it was fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny how much the stress of worrying about something is actually that's actually that's the, the worst problem. the worst part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that was that. Yeah. Experience. But it was so great. Cool. All in all, it was really great. I feel like lately the projects that you've been doing, you've been playing such badass characters. And I know that we talked a little bit about it. And you, you know, you started out as, I mean, you're a beautiful woman. You started out as playing these sort of characters, especially as a young woman where you had to look a certain way and like, you know, feel like you had to be a certain weight. And now I feel like you've like evolved into this like badass. You, they don't always have to be beautiful. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about because you are the person I know who's been in this the longest in that way, how have you grown into your power as a woman in this industry? What have you learned to shed? What do you feel comfortable asking for now? And yeah, how do you, how do you feel like that journey has been for you? It's been, yeah. I mean, it feels like I feel so kind of great with those things now. Like I do feel like I've, I've entered into a new phase of, of feeling more comfortable with myself and the roles that I play within the industry and, Mm -hmm. and just on set and and all of those things. And I do think part of it is just culturally the way things have shifted. And I'm so so grateful, like, oh my God, so grateful. I know we're all complaining it's slow, but it is happening. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, just like, even just in my own, the, the building of, for me, my confidence in speaking my mind and being in my worth and all of that stuff, I feel like it's been so much easier to step into with with all of these other voices like coming forward, being like, no, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, it just, it makes such a difference to mm-hmm. not feel like you're the only one who feels this way, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, I've talked about it a lot. We've all talked about it a lot, but yeah. I think we all felt for a long time like we were the only ones who felt the way that we felt yeah which or is if just I say crazy. anything it's gonna jeopardize like yeah everything yeah I've me. just gotta be nice yeah. I just gotta yeah. like toe the line and just so afraid of ever saying anything and about. you can do both which I think that you're embodying yeah. very well like you can be kind while still being having your integrity intact. yes yes while still making sure that you're not disrespected yeah and that no that one's you're, stepping on you yeah yeah I think for me it was kind of I when I started out, I was never comfortable being like the girl, like the pretty girl or the the like um object of attraction or or, yeah. or whatever in, in those movies. So I was never really good at it anyway because I wasn't comfortable with it. So I, I didn't tend to be cast in those kinds of things. Right. Because I didn't gravitate toward it. Is that toward what it. you were getting sent out for all the time? Sometimes. I mean I guess I, I, I did, but I don't know if maybe people caught on to the fact that I just wasn't, just didn't work for me. I mean, I was, I was, for, there was like a few years there where I was like a go-to actress to like chemistry read with every guy in Hollywood for every movie. So I did have to do a lot of that and I was never good at it. Yeah. I hated it. I just hated it. I hated just the idea of it, like a chemistry read, even in the name. Awful. It's so awful. Like it makes me feel ill now thinking about it. I really like purry kind yeah. of like, oh god it's so terrible for their journey <laughs> so terrible Mary, I'm still there Ill. let's, let's get me Ill. out of it <laughs> oh my god I want to get you out of it <laughs> like the amount of like that guy like I, I had to kiss so many different oh. like leading men who I'd never met before and like there was one I'm just gonna call out Channing Tatum because yeah. he was so sweet he um he didn't like that we were supposed to have a kissing scene and he was like I'm not doing that I'm not gonna like 
put these girls through that yeah so they changed the scene and I was like wow that's so what a guy nice yeah yeah so that was the one time that that I mean it could have happened other times because there were times when there weren't kissing scenes but so who knows but um but yeah a lot of times they were like you know they were the scene of the movie where there has to be the most chemistry we got to work that out and see how it's gonna play out five women do it and we'll all just sit in our suits and watch I know and yeah it's a test yeah it's you know exactly and you're all you stand in the waiting room and go oh it's my turn now yeah go in my little pencil skirt and (laughs) hope they think my shape is nice and like yes like it's just disgusting but it's so funny because when we talk about it in this way it's so obviously yes not cool not helpful not necessary yeah but like that is still the model that's the model I mean and it has been for so long and I I mean I hope that it's changing but I I I think I, I, I really don't know um but yeah, there was like a good, I'd say when I was like, just through my like my mid to late 20s, I was mm-hmm. just like, and I never got any of them. I never got any role that I did a chemistry read for. It wasn't in alignment. No. Like, and, I, and also because every time they would say I didn't have any chemistry with them. You're like, because I don't want to be here. <laughs> it was like, like, I hated everything about it. I hated the notion that I, I was supposed to be cast based on having chemistry with a guy. Mm-hmm. I hated just being, auditioning for something that was going to be all about the guy. Yeah. I hated just all of that. So yeah. that was why initially early in my career, I gravitated towards horror films mm-hmm. because they were always about most of them. Women had get to lead, do the full spectrum yeah. of like being a human and having emotions. Yeah. And horror. there was rarely a romantic plot because mm-hmm. that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny because it's not what people think of as being like a feminist thing. They don't think of so. horror films, but it actually is like if you're an actress and you're not comfortable just always being like, the girl in this guy's story mm-hmm. then like go do a horror you know you get to do a horror film I and mean, that yeah. was like my first like leading role in a horror film it was like a dream for me because mm-hmm. I was just running around I was like saving people from dying I yeah. was like screaming I was clawing at things it was like I was using all all of myself rather yeah. than like sitting and looking pretty yes I was being gross I was covered yeah, in blood I was covered exactly. in dirt I was like it was grimy and fun and raw and um so that's what you know I kind of became like people referred to me as a scream queen or Mm -hmm. whatever for a little while just Mm -hmm. because I did a lot of movies like that and I had a lot of fun with it Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to play that role Mm -hmm. um and then I tried to get out of it and that's when I tried to be like okay I've got to play I've got to find like a romance to do or something Mm -hmm. so that people don't typecast me as a scream queen and right and it just never really it just never really worked for me. So yeah. now I feel like, you know, I, I ended up going like the indie route for a long time, mm-hmm. which was great because yeah, that was beautiful work. Which was re- it was a nice way because I never went to like acting school. So for me, yeah. that was kind of like my way of going to acting school yeah. a little bit late was just doing these movies where you, you don't really get paid and nobody really sees them, yeah. but you just get to really learn to be a better actor and dig in Mm -hmm. and and so I I did that for several years where I was really mostly doing indie movies and that really filled up a lot of what was kind of lacking in me creatively Mm -hmm. and now I feel like I've kind of found this new place with action movies which is sort of mirroring like the horror movies that I started out doing Mm -hmm. where I feel like oh this is where I fit this is where I fit in terms of mainstream you know movie making yeah. like I fit in this world of being like the tough like badass yes. action heroine because I 
I love that. I love the way that that feels. Yeah. There's nothing about that that feels like icky to yeah. me or against who I am. Totally. Even though I'm certainly not like a badass action heroine in, re- in real no, life. But it's but... interesting. I was just having this like, uh, when I was doing my journaling this morning before mm-hmm. my audition where I went to audition to play a stripper because what, when am I not right. auditioning to show off my tits <laughs> oh at this my point? Mary's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I promise there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. But I was thinking about how interesting it is how as an actor, like that's your instrument. Like you yeah. are your instrument. Yeah. So... I mean, of course, you get to a certain point where, like, if I wasn't feeling empowered doing it, I, I wouldn't be doing yeah. it. But, like, your face, your body, yeah. the way that you came onto this planet, like, dictates the types of roles that you're going to mm-hmm. be right for. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a journey to get to the place where, like, your soul and what you what your shell looks like match. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like it's so inspiring to see you because it does feel like that's lining up. That's know? such a good way to put it. Yeah, and I guess that is what does feel so good about yeah. like getting older and and sort of putting those those pieces together. It's like funny too yeah. because it is like there's so much. I feel like women, so many women fear aging. Like I just am feeling so yeah, excited about I it. I know. Because you give less fucks. You feel so at home mm-hmm. in your body mm-hmm. in a way that you just kind of can't in yeah. your like teens and 20s you just can't you're just there's too much coming at you there's Mm -hmm. too much information about why you're bad or Mm -hmm. why you're not good enough or why you don't look pretty enough there's just no matter how hard you try to fight against that or how well you're raised or there's too much coming at you societally and Mm -hmm. just from every angle for you to not to to carry that throughout your adolescence and your 20s so it just takes it takes time to deprogram that yeah. and you have to actively work at it too like mm-hmm. you have to have the moment of awakening where you're like what the yeah I don't have to think who this says? way yes exactly <laughs> who told me to think this way exactly and since I've internalized that am I gonna yeah. choose to continue to do so and mm-hmm. find a way to do it in an empowered way like right. because that's the thing too about you know being an empowered woman and, and a, a feminist or whatever you want to call yeah. it but it's like you know so we've there's so much that we've internalized you know shaving our legs and doing all yes, these things and it's like yeah. are you going to continue to do it because it feels good or how right. do you do that without judgment right it's so yeah no it's so true i think it's for anything when you sort of realize that you've been programmed to to be unhealthy or yeah. to think in an unhealthy way yeah. like like for me you know i've realized a long time ago that i'm i was like a real extreme people pleaser yeah. and like oh, trying same. to sort of which i think a lot of women yeah. and girls are yeah and like realizing how bad it was for me or like how extreme it was for me and then trying to to deprogram myself in that way and it's been like a fine line because I still am very easygoing and I don't want to lose that like I don't want to be like I'm not gonna ever people please again yeah I'm gonna just hate everything and say no to everything and be a bitch like no I'm still just cuz just cuz I can (laughs) like no I'm it's like a fine line like now I'm like lined up where I can I can feel when something isn't right and I can say it's not mm-hmm. right. Where before it was like I was, I, I turned off, I was like on mute, yeah. like just because I couldn't handle same, the, I couldn't handle confrontation. The or other thing about people or... pleasing too that I, I think I said this on the last episode too, but my realization with it lately, I like read somewhere this quote about it and I was like, oh, that's a really good quote to remember to keep yourself in check if you are a people pleaser is that it's actually really manipulative. Yes. You're just, 
you are yeah. not allowing anyone to have any opinions about yes, you because no. you're like you will like me and I'm always going to be perfect in your eyes yes. so instead of being like um what if I give you this opinion that you don't like and you're allowed to be upset about it absolutely I think that's when I figured that out is when it really changed like, wait, for that's me not actually yes. kind at all yes exactly pleasing. like and and it was felt so good because people pleasing it, even when you kind of realize that you're doing that it sounds like when somebody says like tell me your biggest flaw and you say that you're a perfectionist right like, it's not it doesn't sound like an actual flaw it right. sounds like a good thing no and it's like you know it's not a good thing but yeah. you can't figure out why it's yeah. not a good thing so once I like clicked into that, that it's like, oh no, it's actually like deeply wrong yeah. to do to people yeah. to sort of pretend everything's fine when mm-hmm. it's not just mm-hmm. to avoid having a bad conversation yeah. or to avoid disappointing them or whatever it may be. It's also like victim mentality because it's like, yeah. I'm going to make you the bad guy. Right. I'm yeah. Because gonna... I'm always going to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to have to be the bad guy. No, exactly. Yeah. And, and it feels good to actually to take responsibility mm-hmm. for that and like look at it in a way where the responsibility is all is on you yeah. and not on the person that you're that you've been trying to please because it's not their right. responsibility and and so once you can look at it that way then you can figure out how to stop doing it right when it is your responsibility right. and not somebody else's so that's that's been a huge I don't know how we even got on onto this sort I don't of know either sidetrack but, but yeah but that's been a huge thing for me and that's something I started dealing with better on set like yep like I was able to use my voice on set more than in like my personal life like mm-hmm. family and friends and mm-hmm. And then, like, then it started to become more of a, like, disconnect when I wasn't able to tell people in my personal life how I felt. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, why can't I? I can do it on set. Right. I can be like, no, this isn't okay. I think this should be done this way. Or I'd I'd feel more comfortable with this. But I couldn't do that, like, about, like, no, I'd rather go to that movie. It wasn't integrated holistically yet. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why can't I just say I'd rather have pizza than pasta? Yeah. Like, so that's when it started being really like, okay, something's not yeah like I'm not lined up with my feelings and and my desires and and all of that and um but I'm grateful for for sort of my I guess career and the kind of way that I was progressing in that to Mm -hmm. be the sort of guide for 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 me you know it really it really was in a lot of ways because I was starting to learn how to stand up for myself on set and Mm -hmm. it sort of taught me how to stand up for myself in life that's amazing yeah I like that yeah yeah, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. For sure. The show is called The Blank Page. Oh, yes. Of How course. do you, when you get any new project do, is it so different for every project or how do you approach returning to that proverbial blank page for your work? Mm, I do guess you have it, a specific process? It is different for every project. Yeah. I feel like that's true for most people. Yeah, like usually like how much I need like a lot of times I work with a coach I have a uh, acting coach named Rebecca Kit that I'll go to a lot especially like in the beginning just sort of when I'm trying to find the character's mm-hmm. voice sketching it out like sketching it out and, and she's really helpful um but for me it's usually trying to find my way into how I relate to it really specifically mm-hmm. um like I know there's like certain methods that that are more are like um substitution and all right. that stuff which I don't really think about it in terms yeah. of like a method or anything yeah. like that but I but that is like big for me it's like finding my my emotional hook into mm-hmm. something into a character and a story like once I find that 
I feel like I'm sort of flying. Yeah. But sometimes it takes me a little while to be like, and you, and I know that it's there because if I've read something and I like it, it's because I responded. Yeah. It's because there's something in there that's like representative of something I'm going through or that I've been through. Yeah. So I usually just have to like read it until that like light bulb goes off. And then once that's that, it, like once that goes off, it's sort of like, okay. Yeah. I got it. Now yeah. you're in. Yeah. And then things flow like much more. Yeah. Much more easily. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I did have, I had a listener question. Oh, fun. From my sister. Oh my gosh. Who <laughs> so you know. Yeah. She asked if there was any iconic female character who you would love to play. Oh my gosh. It's kind of a big question. It is a big question. I think, um, it's kind of a silly cop-out answer in a, in a lot of ways because I just get told I look like her a lot, but like Ripley and yes. an alien, it is, yes. it, it, it's maybe been planted in my brain because people are, are always sort of suggesting it, Yeah. but it, I mean, it absolutely would be like a dream. Like I've always been a huge Sigourney Weaver fan and a huge She's alien amazing. fan. Um, so that's sort of like an, a hugely iconic role to me. Mm-hmm. And if someone were ever to do like a I don't know a Ripley yeah. movie or something. I would be, I would be so, so down. That would be perfect. It would be really fun. That would be like, I was here. I think it was, I think it was maybe on that show Audrey helps actors, but she was talking about how like she's just always looking for when you are watching actors and you just see that role that's just like a glove, right? Like she yes. was like, oh, Claire Foy in The Crown, yes, or totally, you know what I mean, where there's totally. stuff like that. That would yeah. be like such a glove. It would for be you. so cool. It would feel. It would feel really right. So yeah, amazing. It would be so cool. Really nice question, Rihanna. Yeah. Like Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Hi, Rihanna. We love you. Thank you. Um, oh, and I was supposed to ask about your band. Somebody wanted oh. to know what's going on with your band. There's nothing going on with it. Um, I think it was kind of like a one-off thing. Just I mean, a period of time. Yeah, it was a period of time. Somebody the other day was asking me like if I wanted to write music again, and I would love to, but yeah. I feel I feel totally You're such a talented singer. Thank you. It's very nice. Um, and you play piano, right? Not well. I mean, I can like sketch out a tune, yeah. but um, I, I just don't. I feel no inspiration at with that moment. at the moment. Yeah. So try not to force it, and hope that maybe one day something strikes and yeah and I'll feel like writing something but um yeah it's definitely one of those things that I just haven't really felt called to do Mm -hmm. in in a long time Mm -hmm. I still love to sing and play and yeah I've been learning how to play the ukulele and so it's still like a big outlet for me but just not really writing or recording or anything like that like on the daily what are some small things that you do that aren't necessarily acting that keep you feeling like creative and excited um hobbies anything like that yeah I mean it's sort of a broken record but the ukulele (laughs) I sort of play it all the time um and I like I've been getting really into knitting Mm -hmm. I so those are kind of the two things like if I have if my hands are idle I'll either pick up a ukulele or pick up a ball of wool and start knitting that's awesome and I usually do it while I like listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. or and I like to do it when it's I listen to something uplifting, you yeah. know, like this podcast. Oh, I know. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. No, of course. No, it was so great. It was really, it was so, so nice. nice. I started listening to it while I was in Bangkok and it was like a nice, it was just nice to hear a familiar voice yeah. and, and also just great. Like you have such great, interesting guests and. Right? Yeah. I know. Just wonderful. wonderful I'm like, people. dang, mm-hmm. like everyone, I, I say it all the time, but what it's really taught me is just like 
that everyone's story is so interesting. Yeah, it's so true. So then it's like you can reflect that back to yourself mm-hmm. and be like, you're never not interesting yeah. because look at how interesting all these people are. Yeah. You know? It's so funny. I just said that thought literally right before we started, like while you were getting stuff ready, yeah. I was like, okay, she's going to ask me like how I got in. <laughs> and I was like, my story is so boring. Like, no, oh. it's not. And then I was like, but she's going to make it interesting by yeah. the questions she asks. It's going to go somewhere interesting because people are interesting. Yeah, people are yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. All right. But yeah, but that's like also praise to you because you know how to how to open people up to get them to talk about things that Thank are you. true to them and that they're passionate about and and therefore people want to listen. So Thank that's you. why you're good at it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Should we do some rapid fire? Oh yes. I love the rapid okay. fire. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what city do you want to visit next? Um, well, what first popped into my head is London, just because I'm getting ready to go there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to go. Yeah. There. Yeah. Where do you have a favorite meal in London that you could recommend? A favorite meal? I don't recall. Or do you have places that you like must visit when you go? I mean, the first time I ever went, I'm nostalgic for the first time I went was with my sister and we were both just like, I went for press for a movie and I was like 19 or something and I think we'd both always wanted to go and we both had we were just so excited to have tea oh, high yeah, tea we yeah. had high tea everywhere we went that's so cute every day I want to do that I've never been to London I'm like I just want to go have tea we just went to like different hotels and had high tea like oh. I mean sometimes twice a day yep. high tea different places mm-hmm. um so I would like to go have high tea somewhere yeah. that would be my main my main thing that's <laughs> I love that. What is the biggest lesson you've learned from your siblings being one of five? Oh, gosh. Um, That's an interesting question. They're all so different. And I've learned... You have one from each sibling. I mean, wow. That would be hard to distill down. (laughs) I guess guess what I've learned is that... um, I mean... I'd say I'd go back to a little bit of what I was talking about earlier about sort of the struggle being the reward, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. like we've all had such different lives. We've all been through very different things, all had really difficult experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, still going through some difficult experiences, Mm -hmm. but still like are so happy to be supporting each other. Mm -hmm. And they're all still like my biggest fans and, and we all like get together, you know, as much as we can. And, and we're all just like, I don't know I think really happy and grateful for what we have and so I don't really know how that was instilled in us like I'm grateful to my parents for I can't look back at like one thing that was said or that was but I think there's a certain like worth ethic that was passed down or a certain like understanding that life isn't always going to be humility humility yeah everyone who I've met in your family it's like it's a very humble group yeah yeah, I'd say everybody, all my siblings are definitely very humble, yeah. and um, I'm very grateful to them for that. And and also, they gave me a lot to aspire to. Like, they were all super hardworking yeah. people and kids, yeah. you know? Like, they all got, like, college scholarships, which I didn't even go to college, but right. my whole childhood, I wanted to. I, yeah. I wanted to get a scholarship. I wanted to work hard. You had a college to, fund from I Touched had a by college fund. I know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to be as smart and well-rounded and yeah. creative and stuff as, as all of them were, so. But I think I want to say this, too, because, like, I mean... I've talked, John and I have talked a lot about, you know, I have a master's degree, but I, I do think in this society, it is so important to know that like 
college is not as necessary as we've yeah. been making it for years. Yes. And like, look at someone like Mary, super successful businesswoman, did not need to go to college. Is obviously very well read and articulate. Well, it's, and I know that's the thing too. I was thinking about that the other day. I was just like, how, you know, I feel like, like all my siblings are like, my oldest sister is a doctor yeah. and like, you know, my brother's an engineering professor and it's like, but we all like are on the same plane. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm I'm like a total idiot. So no, so, no. Like, so it is funny how those even though we have very different levels of education, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and different levels of success in our fields or yeah. however, you know, but still like we're all on the same plane. Like mm-hmm. we're all sort of raised with the same values, and and so we kind of all you know we function in similar ways. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting knowing how how we ended up on such different paths. Yeah. Um, but we came to similar places I yeah think. that's yeah. awesome yeah top three literary heroines um I I growing up was a big like Jane Eyre yeah uh, you know Charlotte Bronte yeah like Wuthering Heights girl yeah so um for sure um what else um trying to think of what I've read recently that I've because I've definitely read some books recently that I've really so many good novels out recently yeah I know I I, feel like also because now like the female voice is so important there are just so many great so many more females writing yes amazing like human mammalian novels can you recommend something to me a rapid fire back to you yeah tons okay um the most fun we ever had by claire lombardo is like i think you texted me that one i have read in a long time and i know that i think amy adams and laura are doing it for hbo it's already been but i'm like oh my god Mm. Um, I just started The Most Fun Age by Kylie Reed, which is really Most good. Most Fun Age, okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I hope I'm not getting it wrong. Um, and actually this one right here, Initiated by Amanda Yates Garcia oh, is really cool too. Okay, cool. I'm re- Witchy. Right, oh, witchy. Oh, I yeah. like that. Right now I'm reading because I kind of felt like, um, well, I got a library card, which was very exciting. <laughs> Have you tapped best. into Libby yet? What is Libby? Okay. We're going to get you on this. So Libby, if you, if any of you guys have a library card, Libby is an app where you can use your library card to get free audio and eBooks. Oh, cool. So you can like, if you have an Audible account, there's really no need. You can't get things as quickly because it is through the library system. Yes, right. Okay. So like, you know, you might have to wait a long time for a new release audio book, but like they have everything on there. Oh, cool. It's so fun. Good to know. Yeah. Libby. Like right now, I'm I'm reading the unbearable lightness of being mm. because that's one of those things that's always been on like a lot of lists, and I've never read it. And, yeah. and so I'm kind of like, since I got a library card, I'm I'm trying to go back and read a lot of those books yes. that you know, for someone who didn't go to college, yeah, I missed out on a lot of the like required reading. You know like what that, I will you know? say though, like most of the books that we're supposed to read in high school and college, you're not even ready for them. No, like, I remember I read Great Gatsby. Like I was supposed to read Great Gatsby, yes. probably like my sophomore year of high school yeah. and I was like nah, whatever but I was always the asshole who seemed like I read it because mm. I was a good actor so mm-hmm. like when they'd be doing the discussion yes. I'd be lightly reading the chapter and then I would chime <laughs> in and be the loudest person in the class and the teacher would be like wow she's so bright I'm an asshole that's amazing but um 
you're so like you're ready now yes I would love to go back and read the things that I've read in high school that, yeah. that I sort of like some things I I got into but it's still it was more like you're saying it was more because I was like oh I'm so cool and well read that yeah. I'm so into the catcher and the rye yeah like like I so get this yeah but I, I didn't <laughs> don't actually get it. at all don't get it at all I had yeah. to read Don Quixote as like a yeah. 15 year old yeah no no, no clue yeah no. I, I mean and I don't remember anything about this Mm-mm. so I might as well go back and, yeah, and read them all no they didn't really stay with me a lot of them other than you know the, the reason I loved like the Charlotte Bronte and Jane Aaron was because my older sister was really into them so and I had, had like, like a buddy. I had a buddy and also I had like a re- I was like oh this is what the older girls are reading mm-hmm. and I'm gonna like you know I had uh-huh. this like need to be one of the older Makes girls feel some type of way so yeah, and yeah. I just, oh, they were so romantic and <laughs> you know like it was like before I even knew anything about boys but yeah. I was like reading about it and yeah. these like romantic novels and stuff oh so oh my god but now I'd like to go back and and see them for for right. what they're really what they're really about right. you know I'd like to top okay I love this question and you said that you were like raised on movies yes. when you were a kid and you went to the blockbuster or oh wherever God, yes. what were the VHS tapes that you got again and again like top three um it depends on what age um I'd say like middle school is what stands out to me as mm-hmm. being like those were the the real blockbuster oh, years yeah. where it was just like like I had some favorites which are not gonna be the ones that stand the no, test come on, of time bring it on, necessarily like, but like literally um, bring it on Empire <laughs> Records yes I watched that like I don't know broke the DVD or VHS yeah. I, I think it was D- maybe DVD by that point uh-huh. I'm not sure if it was VHS or DVD but um also uh Romeo and Juliet Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet <laughs> was so shame. into that one what else uh Scream yep Scream yeah that was sort of my you know that's when I was kind of like ooh, horror movies are cool so you were a super, fan of horror yeah. before you did them yeah I was a, I, that's awesome I was obsessed with Scream like yeah. like I saw it like three times in the theater I was <gasps> obsessed with it and it was scary because I was like 12 I think when yeah. I saw it but in, and I loved it like yeah. I was like up all night like I was like I'm scared and I love yeah, it yeah, yeah. like I, I just was so excited yeah. by it um and what else say those were some that stand out yeah. as being in that time like you know but when I was younger there were a lot of like 80s like in my family it was like any Bill Murray movie mm-hmm. Steve Martin mm-hmm. Tom Hanks Julia Roberts Meryl Streep um you know those were like the actors that were kind of just on a loop yeah. all the time and if like 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 I worked with Bill Murray briefly um on something he's and so cool. he's so cool and it was just one of those things where I was like that's my your voice is my childhood yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're speaking to me he's you so are my tall. childhood I didn't know he yeah. was so tall I know he's just so he cool. came to our thesis because oh, like wow. our teacher who directed the thesis was like I don't know if she was like coaching him or what but we were all like oh he's huge yeah yeah, he was like, we were getting ready in our trailers and he was in the, it was like a little tiny movie. So we had little honey wagons and he was in the one next yeah. to me and I hadn't met him yet, but I heard him like singing. He was just like kind of singing to himself and I was just like the Bill Murray sing, you know, oh I know God. that voice so well. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's funny having those experiences, yeah. like, you know, as, as like a professional actor now, and, yeah. you know, have to like be, and John Goodman, oh. you know, similar, like, like his voice is sort John of John and I was Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. <laughs> Michelle <laughs> with the fucking board games so stressful very stressful that was a good movie. oh my god I loved so it funny. <laughs> oh. okay uh do you have 
three favorite restaurants in LA to recommend? Um, hmm, hmm. You know, I've moved. I recently, a couple years ago, I moved mm-hmm. um, to sort of like you know where I am, but mm-hmm. it's like kind of more on the outskirts of yep. LA. So I don't tend to really go outside my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so it's mostly kind of like uh, there's a couple little spots there that I, I go to yeah. all the time. But like when I used to live in more sort of LA proper. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I love this restaurant called Pika, which was like Peruvian mm-hmm. food, um, which was really great. John and Vinny's is like a classic. Yeah. So, so good. Um, I also really loved, I think because it was like the first fancy restaurant I ever went to, Craft. Um, so you have like good memories of it. Yeah. It yeah. was literally my first like fancy meal. Yeah. Um, like, you know, that was like expensive. Yeah. And where you have like several courses. And, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. All that stuff. And so that was like. That'll always be something in my brain is like, oh, wow, craft. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> and it was so good. Oh, you know? my like, God. Mm. Who, give me five people you're clamoring to work with. Um, Adam Driver, I think, is incredible. Um, I'd say uh, Trey Edward Schultz is this director who did Waves, which I just, and I mm-hmm. was a big fan of his movie, Krisha. Mm-hmm as well um he's somebody that's just sort of on the tip of my tongue because i've been thinking about that yeah. movie waves um which was so great and who else um oh phoebe waller bridge come on because i just think she's like the most amazing truly person yeah just like so funny and vibrant and yes just yeah i love everything about her yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome did you say five people? I only said three. Yeah, you can give me two more. Or not, um, if you feel called to stop. Who else am I clamoring? Uh, Alma Harrell, who mm-hmm. directed Honey Boy, who I think is really, really just amazingly talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and who else? Um, maybe like Charlize Theron. Yeah. Because I think she's so cool. She's and I so think cool. I think she's like sort of somebody that, that is aspirational for me in terms of like, her career and Absolutely. the way she carries herself. And the way she carries herself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. So fascinating. Do yeah. you want to direct or produce? I know you've produced in the past, but do you have any interest in that? You know, going I, forward? I, I could see myself doing it eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see myself doing it in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any, like, big ambitions yeah, towards it. Yeah, you're not, it. like, inspired to do yeah, it. Yeah, but I definitely, I could see it happening, I mm-hmm. guess. I guess. Um, if, if the right thing came along and it felt right yeah um I would love to I mean I would love to know what it's like I think I I, I would like to do like a short film or something yeah to at least try it first totally. before I'm like I'm gonna direct this feature film yeah and I can't imagine I just dive in yeah um, be criticized yeah yeah exactly <laughs> be ready yeah for people to hate it um so yeah I think eventually I'd like to do a little project like like something small like yeah. that just to just to try it to see how it feels and if and if it felt good, then yeah. you don't need any more. That's awesome. Who knows? What about you? I th- I think. Yeah? Definitely produce. Yes. Like, I do love novels so yeah. much. I mean, I know that it's kind of what everyone's doing, and it's very of the moment. But I love, like, all these female production companies where they are taking these, like, super women-centric novels yeah. and turning them. I would love to do that. Yes. I would love to be at a place one day where I can... Um, provide jobs for people yeah you know what I, I know. mean where that I can hand amazing. a job to a friend yeah that's what I love about like like I I don't feel like I'm quite there yet I mean if I if I 
sometimes I think if I were a harder worker, like maybe, maybe I could make it happen. But like a harder worker, just if you were called to it, if I was called to it, if I felt more, more called to do that. But like, you know, Margot Robbie, who I just worked with. So amazing. She's so amazing. Like just, you know, Dollface was so fun. Her own production company. And she's doing that. Like she's, she's finding projects for people that she thinks deserve to be making stuff. Yeah, Because we both know, I mean, we all know, like some of the most talented people aren't working all the time. And so, yeah, yeah, like the more we can kind of take the keys away from the like yeah. typical people in power exactly create opportunities yeah. for new voices and mm-hmm. new people and mm-hmm. I think I've always wanted to do that but I've always been like oh well one day but maybe one day I have to you'd have to just sort of yeah but I think you'll know I don't yeah. know I think yeah. too often we're like taught that like pushing is the way exactly yeah. I think most of us like we're all very hard workers right we have the spark the exactly. inspiration you can't yes. force that yeah you know it's true and I'm not I've never been a very business-minded person yeah. so I can it's like I would love to I'd love to do all those things yeah like have you know do, I'm gonna start a production company yeah. and I'm gonna produce and I'm gonna put things together right my brain does not, does work, not work that, that way. way I can I'm yeah. like solely creative same just like I can feel a yeah, character and yeah. feel it onto the screen but yeah. I can't I you know I, I don't really know how to and even when I produced it was much more of a creative mm-hmm. thing like helping get the creative vision across I wasn't yeah. like crunching numbers right. or any of that kind of thing right. so that's like a different side of the brain that mm-hmm. I certainly have not it's a muscle I've not exercised very much so yeah or or it's just not natural for me yeah so who do you have a style icon at the moment you have such good style thank you um it's always evolving in a really nice way it always kind of depends on I don't know like I don't pay much attention like I'm not on social media anymore that used to be my way of how keeping up with does it stuff. feel do you love That's it great I love you it must have so, so much time I have so much time <laughs> I mean I'm, not really because you're always working oh yeah but. but but it is like you have more time to do things that you and really space want in to your be head doing. yeah in your subconscious yeah, totally I don't think we realize how much we're digesting how all much the time. space you're taking up yeah I think you're really right about that and how much messaging you're getting in that you don't want that yeah, you don't, do you, you feel don't like need. you've magnetized a lot of the things you've wanted to you after yeah. getting off of social media? Oh, completely. And like the ability mm-hmm. to feel grateful, I think, is much easier when yeah, you're not you're on you're not social looking media. at everyone else's yeah. shit all the you're time. You're not looking at all the people who are like living better lives or happier lives. Seemingly. Or, seemingly, yeah. exactly. Like even if you know it's all a facade, you're still drawn into yeah. it. You're still drawn into the same toxic like loop right. of, of stuff so it's I think it's been really huge to not be in that anymore mm-hmm. and not but there are certain things where sometimes I'm like oh I've got to look up I've got to look up some fashion website or something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening yeah and I really in my day-to-day life I've become much more of like a overwear overalls every yep. day and you know so um but every now and then I get a little bit of like oh I want to go shopping or yeah. I want to like see what's out there but I feel a little bit like I'm trying to go into more of like a just timeless territory mm-hmm. so that I don't have to keep up with fads yeah. and trends and stuff um, yeah. because that feels like work to mm-hmm. me right now to try and it's do probably that. way more sustainable what you're yeah. doing also yeah yeah frankly, totally like, yeah in the in the long run yeah. just stick with like try to be chic which yeah. I don't think is ever really gonna change too drastically no. I mean it hasn't in a long time yeah. sort of what is chic is kind of so stayed true. chic so and I'm certainly not always chic. <laughs> but, I mean, when I see but, you, you know. yes. 
Thank you. you. Are. Well, back at you. I'm always like, I see you. I'm like, where did you get? You're my side. I'll just have to see you every few months. You tell me where you got what you're wearing. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll pass. And it then on I'll to copy you. you I'll send you all, all the websites. Perfect. Since you're not on the social media. Done. Yeah. But I love like when I do look at like occasionally I'll look up like you know oh what are people wearing on the red carpet these days mm-hmm. so I just have like some sort of awareness. And it just feels like people are having fun right yeah, now, which I, I agree. Love. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm yeah. just like, whatever. I have fun. I talked to you. I think it was back in New York a few years ago, and you were like, yeah, I'm ready to just like do what Winona Ryder used to do. Like, yes. Wear some jeans on yeah. the red carpet and do my own makeup yes. and look like myself. Yes. Totally. I mean, it's amazing because there are so many creatives whose jobs depend on, like, there are so many wonderful like stylists and makeup artists and people who are really worth their salt and that is their artistry but it yeah. has become something so different completely it's such no one a wants the pressure of feeling like you need to hire 10,000 no, people no it's such a business and and it's like you have to hire this person which means you have to hire this person which means you have this to hire this team. person and you got to have the team and, and then and if you don't want to work with that person again it might be awkward it's a whole other universe yeah. that you were just sort of now expected to uh, I just signed play up to into. tell stories yeah um, I know what is all this I don't want any part of it yeah no, I know. That's that's all of that is is tricky and hard and unnecessary. I've had a few actress friends recently who are like up and coming who, you know, everyone glamorizes that and you think you want that. Yeah. And it's not, it's not so fun. I mean, no. some people love it if you get the right people, but I think it's um, something that people need to know that is not the most fun. No. It's I also think, not cheap. No. And I think for me, like, like I'm getting ready to go on, on this little press tour and it's right. all like they're very lovely and they pay for the right, stylist and right. my hair makeup and so and I have been up until now mostly doing my own like yeah. when I, have, I do my own hair makeup yeah. and, I, and I literally take 10 minutes to do it mm-hmm. and I don't like I just don't fuss look about like it yourself. and I look like myself and I usually feel better I usually like the photo even if I don't look as right. like quote unquote like glamorous done. or done or yeah. print or whatever somebody else's idea of how I should look mm-hmm. I feel better because mm-hmm. I look like myself yeah but I've got like a, a great makeup artist who's doing my makeup for the tour and like I trust him to like do a good job mm-hmm. and I've got my stylist who like I've been working with for a long time I yeah. trust her and it's just very no fuss like yep. like I'll just show him a picture be like I think kind of want to look like this and I'll tell her like I'm going for this kind of vibe and yep. then they they do stuff that's so cool and then I put it on and go out the door and yeah. I don't overthink it I don't like worry too much about like what people are going to think about it because um everybody's got an opinion dude man. And who cares at the end of the day? Like what I always say, like what I aspire to is Frances McDormand. Like Frances McDormand (laughs) on the red carpet or at an award show who just gives no fucks. Like I love her so much. And that's like what I want to get to one day. Like right now I'm still like, sure, it's fun to look glamorous and it's fun to get dressed up. So sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, you know, for a little while longer. But one day. Yeah. I want to be Frances McDormand. That's all right. I, I love That's that. That's my, my I'm goal. Space for you. Yeah. For that. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, in 2020, what what are some things we can hold space for you for as mm, a community? That's a nice question. Um, I guess I I hope I hope to just keep going further into the sort of point of view and perspective that I'm I'm starting to gain, which yeah. is that you know with age and life experience comes like rewards mm-hmm. like re- regardless of of what happens in in your life yeah um and so I'm just hoping to like lean further into that and keep keep that going um yeah. and try to 
build to build on that so just knowing like I don't really have any real goals um I think a lot of us have kind of stepped away yeah, from that. I yeah. mean, some people, I mean, this is very woo-woo. At some point, okay, I'll have I'm to ready for chart. the woo-woo. <gasps> oh, I would love it. I would love with, it. With like hum- the human design stuff, there's like specific manifestors and non-specific manifestors. Mm-hmm. And I'm non-specific. And okay. I didn't know that. But it's like, I have friends who are specific and it's like, they can make those goals and Make those it happen. Lists. Wow. And it might take five years, but they will get exactly what's on there. Right. Whereas me, it's more of like, how do I want to feel? Right. Yeah. How do I want to feel working yeah. on a certain project? Yeah, me too. Or whatever. I think I've always, I think it I've always better. been that way. And I think, um, I think now I'm in a better place where I'm like, I used to be like, I want to feel, I want to feel like this creative outlet, but I also want to feel appreciated. Right. And, and you can't. When it's about other, when people, it's about other people, it's never going to come no, true. No, it's never going to yeah. come true. So I feel like now I know that, which mm-hmm. feels good to, <laughs> feels good to like, to know that and Same. acknowledge that and not have that, like not be striving for that because yeah. it's not, it's not a possibility. Yeah. Um. So, so now I feel like that's all, it's all kind of in the past couple years, like mm-hmm. that, that perspective has, has started to shift for me. And so I just keep trying to lean further into that and I feel like the more I do that the more space for good things will open up so I'm just that's true that's the goal yeah yeah what is something that you think all creatives listening need to hear it's usually something that you need to hear yourself Mm. oh wow I just looked up the sign that said on the right path (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it that's it that's it you're on the right path yeah I think you are like I think whoever is just kind of following their creativity and their passion yeah you're you are where you're supposed to be and you have to just try and trust it and trust that whatever you're going through is is what you're supposed to be going through yeah and that there's some lesson to come out of it and just like take every day as like as an attempt to figure out what that lesson is or like what that what you can do today to accept whatever your situation is or Mm -hmm. to grow from it or to figure out how to like how to um be more at peace with with it so that you can just keep going and keep you know finding the next step within your your journey yeah (laughs) thank you so much for doing this thank you for having me it's so fun i want to do it for you now i want to do oh maybe i should host wait you totally should because a lot of people are like why i mean i did a solo but people are like i want to hear you i know i was like i i kept wanting to just like ask you the questions back and then i was like reminding myself that you're the host of the podcast well we're gonna have you back and you can interview me (laughs) okay that'd be (laughs) great okay we're she's not on the social media but where where can people watch you Follow at this point? Follow me. I'm You've got some things they can watch you in. Oh, um, so Gemini Man is out, mm-hmm. I think, on um, like iTunes or uh-huh. I think that kind of stuff right now, which is this movie that Ang Lee directed and mm-hmm. stars Will Smith and was really fun that I yeah. did last year. Um, and yeah, and Birds of Prey comes out, I think, February 7th. So it's cool. really soon. So go go to the movies yes, and get some popcorn. go to the cinema. Yeah, it's going to be Ugh. a fun one. So check it out. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Paige. This is so, so nice. So good to see Yay. you. Catch up. Friends, thank you so much for tuning into the Blank Page Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the show, rate, review, and if you have a friend you think might benefit from these conversations, let him know about it. Spread the word. 
Let's create a community where we lift each other up, support each other through the shitty times, and celebrate each other's wins. Please let me know if there's any way that I can support you in your journey. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful day.